Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. From Vice and Brand 2020, London Borough of Culture, this is Vent Documentaries. Young people from one London borough telling you the stories we care about. This is series one, where we're talking about identity. I'm Santos. I'm 20 years old. In my mind, I think Santos is a simple name to remember. But for some reason, people get it wrong all the time. Whether I'm at work, in Starbucks, or on the basketball court, I just don't get it. <laughs> Go on, bro. I need to zoom this in, you know. I can't see you enough. This is Moeed, my broski. He's one of the production team at Vice. We've been working together a minute, and I would say we're pretty tight. But Moeed did say something the first time we met that actually gave me the idea for this documentary. I ringed him to see if he remembered. I wanted to remind you of a story. Tell me, bro. Coming towards the end of last year, I came across this project Vice were doing with Brent. And I thought, you know what, why not get involved? I got invited to a focus group. I introduced myself as Santos and then like five minutes after you called me Carlos. Oh boy. (laughs) What was all that about? (laughs) So this is the thing. It's not just that people get my name wrong all the time. It's that when it happens, they always, always seem to call me Carlos. 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 It kind of like goes back to like preconceptions and stuff like that and like hearing the words the name Santos sorry is not as prevalent and like well used as the name Carlos in it so I probably just got mixed up between the two and even though it may be an innocent mistake on my part it probably annoyed the hell out of you (laughs) like I know people make mistakes I don't really like hold it against people but you know if you were to still be calling me Carlos till this day (laughs) then that's where the issue would be yeah yeah no that kind of made me reflect it, innit? And think about similar situations that I've been in like that. And then our names aren't really things that we think about on a day-to-day basis. My name is not the most kind of like obvious or like used name, Moeed. Obviously at school, everyone like schools it up. So it's called Moeed. Yeah. So that's another thing as well, Mo. People used to call me Mo a lot and I don't like that. I, how would that make you feel? Like, Why don't you like it? I just feel like my parents gave me a name, innit? If you call me Mo, people are going to think my name is Mohammed yeah. or something like that. I'm sure that um, if someone was to call you like Santi or something, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how it works. Bro, but, people used like, to call I'd... me Santa Claus, fam, in school. <laughs> you might be thinking it's not that deep when people get my name wrong, but I really don't rate it. I haven't really worked out exactly why I don't rate it, though. Why are our names so important to us? 
Hello, my name is Brenda Birinji. She's a poet and an activist from London. Your name is important, but I guess you don't realise how important it is until you don't have it. Brenda lost her name at the age of 21. When you go into prison, like, everything is stripped from you. So... Basically, I don't know how they work this all out, but they take your picture and then you get this ID card and there's no name. Like, it's just you've got this number. And so that's how you're identified. Forget your name, forget anything else. You're just this number that you've been given. And that number... That's what Brenda was called for the 11 months she was in prison. If an officer was like... I, I wouldn't even acknowledge them. I'm just, like, carrying on, walking, like... And now, like, Brenda, I think they're calling you. I'm like, no one said my name. They're like, you, you, they said your prison number. I'm like... And then the officer will be like, oh, yeah, you need to learn your prison number. And I'm like, I don't get it. My name's Brenda. For the first time in her life, Brenda had to think about her name. Everyone's got their name. Oh, you're thinking, you're thinking, you're this person. And it's normal. But then all of a sudden, when it's kind of taken from you and you don't get to hear it as often as you would, it's trying to remind myself in books and stuff writing your name out and like line after line Brenda 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 it's like it's weird because you can find pages of people just their name nothing else on it just their name but it's just you have the power to still write your name so why would you not that's when I realized that my name is actually very powerful and it means way more to me than I ever could have imagined before So I guess that could be a reason why I don't rate people calling me Carlos instead of Santos. It feels like people aren't recognising who I am. Names have power. When I was about 10 years old, I chose the name Juliet. And I don't have an obvious reason for that. I didn't know anyone called Juliet. My name is Juliet Jakes. I'm a freelance writer and filmmaker. I'm transsexual and part of the gender reassignment process is legally changing your name for pretty much everybody. If you're transitioning from one binary sex to the other, uh, that's part of the process. So I was given a male name when I was born by my parents, which never really felt like it suited me. I certainly never liked it. It didn't have an obvious female equivalent. So when I was growing up and realising I had this gender identity issue, there wasn't a kind of obvious way of feminising the name I'd been given. So when she came out as trans at 27, she went for this name, Juliet. The name she'd been thinking about since she was 10. That was the name I kind of chose and I never seriously thought about using anything else. How complicated was it legally? to change your name? The actual legal process is really simple. You just sign like a deed poll certificate and I just had to get a legal witness. So I got a really close friend of mine to just come to my flat and watch me sign the deed poll and then add her name to it as well and sign it. It was everything else. So obviously I had to get a new passport. I had to get a new housing contract. Had to obviously change my name at the place I was working. You know, my co-op loyalty card. Yeah. They were actually, I think, the people who wanted the most kind of ID and proof of name change, way more than my bank, for example. That's crazy. And I think I had about £2 on my loyalty card and I started just getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the best, easiest option at that point. So, like, most people live their whole lives and they never think once about changing their name. So what was it like realising that, you know, you didn't have to stick 
with that one name you were given? Um, I mean, yeah, obviously having gender dysphoria does highlight an awful lot of things about the gulf between the person you feel you are and the person society is pushing you to be. Yeah. And so obviously one of the things society is imposing on you as a name, um, you know, both through like family member or somebody giving you that name and then everyone else like calling you it mm -hmm. i guess because i knew from quite a young age that the name wasn't right for me and that you know the gender attached to it wasn't right for me um you know it got me thinking quite a lot about the relationship between name and personality yeah. and just who you are trans people pretty much have no choice but to question question the names that were given i found out it's not just juliet's own name that she's questioned though I've got a friend called Pete, and there's just something about his sort of his face, the way he carries himself, his demeanour, and I'm adamant he should be called Simon. I don't know if he maybe reminds <laughs> me of somebody called Simon who I've met every now and again. If I'm just drunk, I'll just call him Simon. I've told him that I have this name in my head for him, and he just thinks it's funny. There's also Nick, Juliet's football friend. There's something about him that, in my brain, he just he had to be called Jeff and like Jeff with a J not with a G that would have been all wrong yeah. you know sometimes I was bored, like Jeff play it and then he'd be like who are you talking to yeah like, he's <laughs> Jeff <laughs> I mean obviously names you know evolve to things just distinguish people from other people right I mean I don't have children and I'm don't really intend to but it's interesting when you hear people talk about why they name their children how they did and like what the name that came to them for their child kind of what it said to them and obviously I think it just it you know really tells you more about the parent than the child because the child doesn't have a personality yet yeah and a part of me thinks you probably shouldn't name people until they're about 10 years old <laughs> so you've got yeah. like a good idea of you know you don't accidentally call someone Nick when he should be called Jeff or something yeah, yeah. um so yeah I mean that that has occurred to me and obviously yeah, I chose my own name when I was about 10 so but I don't know like most people do seem to sort of suit their name like maybe maybe you kind of grow into it yeah my name is very important to me I'm very proud of it the next person I spoke to has a similar problem to me people always fuck up her name so if we could just start by you introducing yourself. Lovely, because I was like, are you going to say my name and get it wrong? That'd be weird. <laughs> I feel like it's the right documentary to just let the other person... Right, speak for themselves. themselves. Fabulous. Well, my name is Zazie Ifore. I am a broadcaster and a consultant, and I am also someone whose name is regularly butchered, not only by strangers, but even people I know, even my friends which is wild. <laughs> so the thing with my name is like, I tend to have people calling me the wrong name, but people tend to mispronounce your name. Yeah. Why do you think that happens? Um, laziness is the answer that I reach for. It's wild. Some people decide that they just cannot be bothered to get your name right. Like, I remember I had a teacher at school, a PE teacher. She was just like, what? What's your name? I'm going to call you Daisy. And that's what she called me for like seven years. It's not even laziness, it's just that kind of my own comfort is more important than getting your name right. And then with other people, I think it's just habit. So I think the way that my name is spelt, it doesn't correlate to how some people would think it's pronounced. Whereas actually, yeah. in my like my parents are Isoko, which is a Nigerian tribe, like 
it's phonetic where we come from that you say it like you see it but I guess yeah, it yeah. depends on different languages have different ways of pronouncing different letters and different sounds Agreed. for example an Italian person always gets my name right Mediterraneans always get my name right because they put different stresses they'll never say something like zizi it would be like they'll understand that Z-E is Z not Z yeah Zizi I asked Zezi whether she thinks race and class play a role in people getting our names wrong. So in terms of like who has their name pronounced correctly and who doesn't, it's completely to do with race and class and privilege. It's about who's worth the effort and who's not. Because if people can pronounce Tchaikovsky or Christopher, or Arabella. These are all multi-syllabic words. Um, but struggle with your name, really simple, Santos, Santos. So yeah. It's like two and a half syllables. Then it says to me that you think that some people's names are more important to get right than others because it's not about difficulty. Yeah, as you said, like it's about effort and yeah. not being lazy. I feel like some people might hear someone's name for the first time and they straight away go, "Okay, I can't pronounce that, so I'm I'm not even gonna try." They'll be like, "Hey," or but I think hey, that's you. where class comes into <laughs> yeah. because if your boss was called something that you found difficult to pronounce, you know for a fact you would spend time trying to get it right. You're not gonna say, "Hey, boss, I'm just gonna call you Dave." You wouldn't dream of it. You would yeah. get it right. If you're in a position of power, then your name matters and people are committed to try and get it right. And if you're not, then it's like, it's okay for me to just dismiss your name and call you whatever I feel like. Zazie says the people who've been marginalised are always the best at making sure they get her name right. They know what it's like to have someone treat them funny or they say that their name is funny or their culture's funny or their food is funny or their clothes are funny. And it makes you much more respectful. And so I think, yeah, there's a lot to be said for being on the quote-unquote margins. And again, the margins depends on where you're coming from, yeah. you know. I wouldn't be on the margins in Nigeria. Obviously, some people took longer than others to get it right. And mostly, actually, I tried to be kind of sympathetic to this. Like, some people just aren't that good with names, just generally. People changing their first names is quite unusual for people. It's still comparatively rare, I think. Yeah. And it was kind of trying to work out when to just, like, let it go and when to just say to people, look, no, you've, like, had long enough, can you kind of get this right now yeah, yeah often telling people up front look if you get my name wrong or if you call me he and him rather than she and her it's not the end of the world like you know i'm not going to publicly denounce you or stop being friends with you or whatever and that tended to mean it happened less because people were more relaxed like i guess it's just about making an effort and trying yeah. even if you do make the the common mistake you know like mistakes are to be learned from exactly and you can tell when people are actually being kind of vicious and when they're just you know, making a kind of sincere mistake without having bad intentions, I think. I was at, like, a, a media thing and there was, like, a, a book publisher there and, yeah, she got my name wrong twice and I was like, oh, I just kind of correct, just nipped in, was like, mm, it's Daisy, thank you. And then, like, I saw her at another sort of, like, event a while later and she was like, yeah, and that time that you shouted at me for getting your name wrong, I was just like... I sh- I really didn't, and it's fine. Like, I just corrected you. I told you what my name was. 
And if you feel some type of way about that, that's very much sounds like yeah. a you problem to me, hon. I don't feel like it's my job to make it funny and like fun and easy for someone to manage the embarrassment of getting my name wrong. Like that's not my job. I do it if I feel like it, if I'm in the mood to. But you shouldn't feel like in order to have the basic decency of someone pronouncing your name correctly, you've got to give them a stand-up routine. <laughs> like Yeah. She really internalized it like I told her off. I can definitely imagine this woman. You know the one that's going to be like, "Can I speak to the manager, please?" I've literally never thought about my name. That's next. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. And we are back. I've literally never thought about my name. That is the reality of being called Alex. This is Alex Miller. Yeah, I've I've never thought about it. And this is Alex Hoffman. The only time I remember getting asked for the first time when I was younger, I think there was quite a lot of family around or something, and someone asked me what my middle name was, and I got a bit confused, and so then I said I thought maybe it was Anda. Um, so <laughs> people thought that was funny, uh, and that was probably the last time I thought about my name. The Alexes. Or Miller and Hoff, as everyone calls them, were both working at Vice when I interviewed them. Hoff has moved on, but they used to sit right next to each other. Neither of them really thought about their names before I asked them about it. I mean, I guess it's a form of privilege, right? But um, perhaps this says something bad about me, but it's not something I've spent time thinking about. Um, so, yeah, I guess it would be super annoying if everyone got your name wrong the whole time. Yep. Don't get me wrong, though. It's not all fun and games being a regular guy called Alex. Yeah, I have had jealousy of, like, people's good, good, strong names. I remember when the Strokes came around. Do you want to be called Julian? Well, just the whole thing, all the surnames as uh, well. They had such yeah. cool names. Yeah. They felt like they were made up. <laughs> yeah. It was like Fabrizio Moretti, Albert Hammond Jr. Yeah. The trials and tribulations of having a normal name. Yeah, it has made me think about, I guess, the sort of neutrality of the name is maybe quite useful not just not knowing what gender it is but it's not really telling you anything whereas i guess some names you're putting things in people's heads already maybe even work-wise cv to not even be able to know what gender what gender or any sort of yeah background is maybe useful some names might feel neutral to the people that have them but like zazie said it kind of depends where you're coming from If I said the name Karen, what do you think she would look like? Middle-aged, 
white woman with an asymmetrical bob haircut, definitely dyed, maybe some sunglasses and a full face of makeup, for sure. This is Rihanna Walker. <laughs> what would she sound like? Uh, ex- excuse me, can I speak to the manager? <laughs> Fully. <laughs> there are some names me and Rihanna can say to each other, and we both know exactly what the other person means. What would you say Becky would look like? Becky is like a younger Karen. Mm-hmm. It's like a younger wannabe Karen. She kind of wants to fit in with what's popping right now. Definitely. So she might get braids or something like that. Yeah. She might wear hoops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she might throw on like a maxi dress or something. <laughs> Rihanna is a Karen and Becky expert. I'm a PhD student at King's. I'm a digital humanist, so I look at black digital humanities and how black people identify themselves online. This is what I wanted to talk to Rihanna about. After talking to Zazi and Alex and Alex, I'm not convinced that any name is neutral. So the thing about the names, like these like standard sort of white women names, they have become like an insult in themselves to talk about a very specific type of whiteness. When I think of Karen and when I think of Becky, I think of Barbecue Becky. Barbecue Becky? Yeah, Barbecue Becky was that woman who um, called the police. There were um, a group of black people having a barbecue, a cookout in America um, and in a public space that they were definitely allowed to have a barbecue in. And this white woman came along and just had a real problem with them having this barbecue there, called the police. And then when the police arrived she was crying and saying that they were aggressive towards her and basically just turned it into this whole like racist thing using the police as her own personal bodyguards and that's where barbecue becky came from and then there were like loads of different white women who around this period were doing really similar things like someone called the police on like a little girl with a lemonade stand and you know all of this kind of stuff and it was always white women weaponizing the police against black people or children and um then they all got nicknames like becky and karen and da 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 how is it that you and i having never met before We both knew that when we were talking about Becky and Karen, we knew exactly what kind of person that was, you know? Like it's, and you know, if I were to go talk to, you know, a random African-American guy, he would know who I was talking about too. Do you think people are like trying to find ways of not saying white? I do, yeah, because I think there's a lot of um, victimisation that comes, like when you're an oppressed minority, it can be quite dangerous to talk about what's actually happening to you being a black person and saying like this was racism or this thing happened it can be a difficult and dangerous thing to do if you want to keep your job if you want to um, stay safe so you know using these sort of code words that shift so often is a way of um, staying undetected and I also think it's about um, humor as well yeah like it's funny I think that's like the like that's the most important thing about it it's actually funny mm do you have like any other examples of code words for whiteness that aren't actual names? Yes. <laughs> Loads. Um this is kind of where my research started. So one of the really common ones was um 
using YT, just the letters YT. Because if you say it out loud, obviously it sounds like YT, right? So YT, yeah, yeah. So that was one. Do you remember on Twitter last summer when people were talking about washing your legs? I'm more of an Instagrammer. Ah, fair enough. But this sounds like it's going to be funny. Though. <laughs> it was, it was. So um, basically there was a poll on Twitter last summer. Do you wash your legs when you take a shower? And there were like thousands and thousands of people who said no. There were lots of really prominent white tweeters and white women in particular who were tweeting saying, I don't wash my legs in the shower. Like the water just runs over it. Like, and obviously black Twitter went absolutely insane with all of this. We were like, yeah. everyone went mental. <laughs> it was like, what? You don't have flannels. You don't wash your legs. You're disgusting. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and it became people who don't wash their legs in the shower was another way of saying white. So now if I went onto Twitter and I said, to all those people who don't wash their legs when they take a shower. Everyone would know who I was talking about. I just don't get how you don't... Wash your legs in the shower? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> when you get in the shower, you, you're meant to wash from top to bottom, isn't it? Yeah, why would you skip such an important part? Do you remember when we were growing up and it was like, if you're a black girl, your name is Shaniqua or da-da-da, and then making fun of all of our yeah, names. Yeah, yeah. And now we've turned around and said, no, you're a Karen, you're a Becky, the whitest names that we could think of. And we're using them against them in the way that they mm. used against us when we were little. So there's a quite like yeah. a poetic justice to all of it that I'm really enjoying. <laughs> you know, what goes around comes around. Oh, it does. In my opinion, they could have seen it coming. It feels almost like dangerous to talk about whiteness, you know? Everything yeah. I'm saying here, I feel like slightly like weird about saying it in a format that other people will hear and stuff like that. Because it's usually stuff that you just talk about with other black people. You whisper about it. Um, or people you trust, really. And only yeah. people you trust, exactly. So the thought of saying this like kind of out loud like this, it's frightening, right? But it needs to not be frightening. Because people have been talking and theorising and thinking about like blackness for centuries without it being a problem. So why why is it so weird to do it the other way around? Thank you for listening to Vent Documentaries. I'm Santos. Why would you think people might like call me Carlos and have that sort of confusion um, um, I, mean, I guess it's just because like I guess you know um, same number of letters I, I don't know how much of this is like because I have a cousin called Carlos same vowels uh, it wasn't there a footballer called Carlos Santos a similar terminal sound it would make more sense to me actually if you're if they called you Sanchez because the beginning part is similar it's wild to me that you just add a different you just remix the front end so you could argue that it's racism or xenophobia probably people are like oh it's a sort of Hispanic name that I know really well from football. Laziness. It's laziness. Which is not acceptable. I'm just trying to go through there. Rationalise it, yeah. Because there's power in it, isn't there? In getting someone's name wrong, deciding whether you care enough to learn it, if you care enough to pronounce it. That's, That's all I can explain it with, really. Event documentaries are produced by Jess Lawson and Ali Adlington, with help from Amelia Gill, Mawid Majid, and Kamaya Shea. Our music is from WMP Studios. 
Vent is a collaboration between Vice and Brent London Borough of Culture 2020. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.